Hello again, my friend. It's Todd Setner, your mental performance coach, and welcome back to the Three Pillars of Elite Results podcast here on Wisdom Wednesday. Today, we welcome in an extra special guest. Chris Nickich grew up in Florida with Down syndrome. He had open heart surgery at five months old, wasn't able to walk well until he was four years old, and couldn't eat solid food until the age of five. But today, Chris Nickich is the first person with Down syndrome to complete a full Ironman triathlon. He completed two of them, also completing two of the most famous marathons in the world, both the Boston Marathon and the New York City Marathon with his eyes set on completing all of the top six marathons in the world. That leaves Tokyo, London, Berlin, and Chicago. Chris Nickich is the epitome of an elite-level mindset, having a limitless mind, and breaking down all barriers. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to chat with both Chris Nickich and his father, Nick. Let's go. First of all, Chris and Nick, welcome to the Three Pillars of Elite Results podcast. I'm super excited and honored to have you here. And Chris, I've been following you long enough to know that if I said to you, what time is it, Chris? What are you going to say to me? Game time. Game time, baby. I love it. And it is game time here on our Three Pillars of Elite Results podcast. We've got Chris Nickich alongside his father, Nick Nickich. And first of all, there is a congratulations in order. Well, there's many of them. One, we've got the Ironman Triathlon World Championship in Kona you completed. You just did the New York City Marathon. But I think most important to you, and I watched the whole Ironman, what happened at the finish line? Well, uh, at the finish line, I got shocked at first because like, uh, this is a special moment where uh, this is a special was classified highest athlete. Uh, she's also a triathlete. Um, apparently, my dad had the promise ring, and apparently, I was the one that to do other proposal. <laughs> so when I proposed, she completely backfired. <laughs> like, okay. That's fantastic. So tell my listeners her name and how long you guys have been dating. So her name is Adrian Bond. Um, she has been doing um, horseback riding. Um, she's also a triathlete. She, um, she and I met five days ago when her and I was doing a triathlon. And at one point, she kicked my ass. And then, and then, um, I was 18 at the time, and she was <coughs> And then, I went up to her for the first time, and I said, if she was going on a date, but then her father said no. <laughs> but then, and Bob said, we shoot Bob. And then I tried again. And then um, she said, well, at one point, I asked her out. And then she goes, 
I'm too young. Huh. And they're like, screw everyone. Screw everybody with this thing. What goes out? And then, and then, and then her father's like, no. And like, stop. So she just sent out her face. She's mine. That's awesome. That is a great story. We might he might have froze for a minute, but let's see if we can get him back. There and we go. And then for the later, she completely cut her father off after a prince sight. And she said, Dad, that's enough. You and Mom but did you know that I got a major cross on her? That's so, awesome. There you go. That's a great story. So, Nick, tell me your your kind of your version of it and how proud you are of him. And he found someone that obviously he cares deeply about. It's, it was amazing. They actually met, as he said, five years ago at the first sprint triathlon for Special Olympics. They were part of a pilot program. Uh, he and Adrian, plus two other athletes. After the first race, Chris asked her out on a date. She was too young, of course. Yeah. Uh, Four years later, he did it again, and this time she was old enough to go out, and they have been an item for the last year. Uh, it's it's an absolute um, amazing relationship to watch. Yeah, um, they just adore each other so much. They have so much fun together. Um, they um, it, it's as a father, you know, um, who was always told that he wouldn't be able to experience things like this. Yeah, to watch him live a full life where. Incredible. He's doing Ironmans and marathons and public speaking and uh, and all, you know, he has his own home, his own car, his own business, right? I mean, it's amazing. But in the midst of all of that, the, the single most important thing, if he lost everything else, uh, it doesn't matter because he's got Adrian and, and she is just uh, just a blessing to him and blessing to all of us because she is the uh, the most amazing young lady I've ever met, and and yeah. just so so happy to see the two of them, con uh, you know, come together and connect. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a special thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, as you as you guys probably know, I I had Amanda on the show back in May, and uh, I've been following Chris, obviously you for many years, and then once I met Amanda, I was able to kind of see. Um, you know, Adrian's page, uh, and I started to follow her. But um, Chris, that this story of you meeting her just shows the perseverance you have. And I've seen that a lot with the Iron Man. I don't know if I was more excited that you crossed the finish line or that you got engaged, but I was crying on both of them. So congratulations. That was awesome. Let me ask you. Well, well I got excited to finish. And I don't remember when I finished. I knew that uh, there was coming. And uh, apparently... My other family members were at that race. Oh. And, um, and when I noticed, when I looked at Adrian with my own two eyes, I knew if that not, if it were going down, yeah. then it was going down, then I had to look at her. Then I had to look at uh, her mom. Right. And I looked at Adrian and then I looked at the sideline, which is her mom. Yep. And when I looked at her mom, I knew what's going across our uh, brains in the head that day. And 
I did gather, amen, she said, Chris, she looked at her mama and said, Chris, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You better, you better get your ass up there and you stop damn proposing. <laughs> All right, Chris. Chris, let's correct this thing. It's not a proposal. It was a I promise took, ring. And then I took her. Okay, the proposal will come when she's 18. Got it, promise ring. Good to know. We're practicing. Good, that's good. Promise ring, perfect. Okay, so let me ask you, Chris, um, you know, when I think about you and I've watched your journey, as I mentioned, you're someone that has a limitless mind. You, you talk about perseverance. Um, you you laugh at barriers, which I love about you. But I remember watching your ESPY talk. And during that ESPY speech, you said it started with a childhood dream. Yeah. But now you've accomplished, I, I bet you, so much more than you thought. But take me back a few years. What made you feel like I can do so much more and I'm going to do so much more? Well, uh, at one point, I didn't know that I was going to get that Ashby because uh, two years ago, I want to see more faith than I am because I was dead to my own devices at some point with uh, all this junk food. And I knew that I was going to quit eating junk food. Right. And I noticed how could I lose 40 pounds, overweight, mm. seven cows, and eat CD, or deny man. And I guess I got a phone call from Special Olympics saying that um, you got to come and swim. And that's when I'm like, okay, that's enough. And then I went out there and I swam the lake 1,000 meters. And it was like down back. And then from there, I, uh, there's a, uh, the lake house where I got to my name. And I actually didn't sign Chris Nickens. I actually wrote Chris from Champ. <laughs> and I got put on my uh, after I wrote Chris from Champ. My dad and dad, and he said, huh, why can't I say to like, why can't I actually die there? And that's when, uh, so when Dan came up to me, he asked me the same exact question. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we should do the Iron Man. And then my dad and I came back home and we had a huge, huge ward with my mom and my mm -hmm. sister. Okay. And, um, they both thought the mother was crazy. <laughs> and still is crazy or enough that he's an old man right now. Right. <laughs> and he thought if I could do that man and I lived to my mom like dinner 
my mom was like, Nick, what are you doing? Right. You only run this crazy family for our kids, you figure out, man. And then my sisters and my sister said, We should go do something. <laughs> and then and then I uh I backed up the plan and I said, Jackie, we need my father out of this. And then my mom my mom was like, So she said something like that. And I'm like, Well understand. <laughs> you two don't get it. Right. You two don't get this Mr. Paul. And they said, Mom, you know why I'm doing Stem Iron Man? And she said, You better watch it. What's yeah. your mouth in this house? Yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, it's true. But it's not going to die. I'm doing this Stem Iron Man. We don't catch you. And she said, Oh my God. That's great, Chris. So let me ask you, Nick, and I don't know, I don't know if I totally know the background of this, but did you seek out Dan first or did you already know Dan and then you guys kind of got together and said, I think we can do this with your help? So um, when we started out, Chris and I were doing the triathlons together. Okay. I got hurt. Then I found another guy to help Chris with the sprints. Right. Um, and he did that for about a year and a half with another guy. Her name was Simone. Okay. Um, and but Chris got way too fast for her. Wow. And so then we went to the Tri Club uh, and asked Wynn, who had actually created the Special Olympics program, uh, if there was, um, you know, if she would ask some of the Tri Club members if there was someone else who was a little faster than uh Simone and who could do longer distances if they would do you know the next event with Chris which he wanted to do an Olympic and so Dan volunteered okay. um, to to do the next event with Chris which would have been an Olympic that's how we got to know Dan I and we we started uh doing a little training together did our first Olympic together and that's when we talked about hey you know Chris can go all the way to Ironman you know, do you want to do it with him? And he says, sure. You know, he says, I've got, you know, I have this goal to help guide someone. And we said, well, we, Chris has this goal of um, doing the same thing. And that's right. how we connected with Dan. And then uh, of course we also connected with others as well, like Amanda yeah. and Tracy, because Chris has done uh, other uh, triathlon events with other guides and he's done all the major marathons with Amanda right. and uh, Tracy and Carlos and Jennifer. Cause right. Um, in our journey to Ironman, there were three people who actually helped Chris, uh, who were his guides at the Ironman Florida, if you remember. Right. He had Dan, Carlos, and Jennifer. Right. And all three of them um, worked together to, you know, kind of work through that whole scenario and and uh, and help kind of keep Chris on track. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, Chris, can I come back to you for a minute? Um, what I'd like to ask, and, and Nick, I, I want you to answer this as well, if you don't mind, but... You know, when you start on this journey of triathlons and then ultimately Ironman and now all the major marathons, he's inspiring people, millions of people around the world. So, Chris, my first question to you, and then I'll go back to your dad, is did you know that you were going to inspire this many people or did you just set out and say, I just want to do an Ironman or I just want to do a triathlon? Or was your mindset, I want to inspire as many people as I can through this Ironman? What was your mindset? Uh, uh... I uh I called that service myself. 
occurred previous race, and I didn't know if I started going to do the Ironman and it's five people at the same time. But when I was doing the Ironman, I know people really came up to me after the race and been very inspired because they do that have kids and they say that uh, they say that the kids we need to get inspired because um I've got like a non moms who uh comes up to me and they say that like uh if like you know if they felt like we inspired just like um, they need that, like, if they feel been inspired the way that, you know, how they could treat kids and not put them in a bubble. And uh, one of the things that I felt inspired by them is, uh, one of them is, uh, but you believe you can, um, and you're a half way there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Pennsylvania's weakness, um, even the five there, the barn, monsters use them or use them. Are you reading your sister's wall art? Smart guy. (laughs) Smart guy. You have to, Train me, equally, and get Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. I love that one. This, uh, I teach you that. And this no pain, no gain. Yep. Um, the better you are, the better. You feel, you go hard, you go home. Fun that you fit feel great. Um, you know, success it trains. <coughs> uh, there are no bad complaints. There are no excuses. And that's the today is a good day to shake the workout. And when I'm done with the shake day workout. I'm going to have a nice major recovery um, ride from Miami to Orlando. Okay. You know, uh, you know, recovery day and just uh, clear out for the rest of the day. Nice. Uh, be with my family, be with yeah, mom, maybe go out to dinner. And then tomorrow, I got a really, really major breakthrough workout, which oh. is. Uh, the major breakthrough is I need to spin my legs out on a walk bike for like an hour and 45 minutes spin in the state UCL Park in Claremont. Okay. Uh, so I got to do an hour and 45 minutes spin, then a 30 minute run. And then right after the 45 minutes spin in the 20 minute run with Adrian. Nice. We're going to party. From party to recovery. 
from recovery to care again to uh, have dinner in a couple hours and just know that if anybody that says no for me to not actually stay over, well, that's nobody's decision, but agent's decision. Right. And but after this podcast, I'm going to text my girlfriend and say, after tomorrow's workout, is it okay if dot, 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 I can come over, dot, 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 this is our decision, dot, 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 if I can stay over, spend the night, have dinner, and have someone kick my arm out of there. I hope she says yes. And you also and, text and her. Yes. Then, and then, and then Chris, down. and then you have to text her and tell her that Todd said hello. Okay. Yeah. So Nick, let me ask you, um, did you know the impact he was going to have by starting off by, you know, I know it's an Ironman, but you, you call it a race, right? Did you know the impact he's going to have across the country that he's had? So uh, it's it's interesting because this whole thing started, it went in three phases. Phase one was we just started the Special Olympics program to get him in shape because he had, you know, come off of four major ear surgeries and he was just totally sedentary and out of shape. Right. Uh, that first phase took about a year or a year and a half. Right. The second phase when, as he said, he, he started thinking about it, we started thinking about an Ironman, the second phase was driven by his dreams. He had these huge dreams to live a life of independence, yeah. uh, to become a public speaker, to, to meet someone like Adrian. Mm -hmm. And so he his second phase was fully inspired by his own personal dreams right. to achieve things that that all of us you know think about but right. aren't normally available to someone like Chris. Right. The third phase happened after he completed the Ironman because he got so much attention through social media right. from other parents like me and my wife uh, and others all over the world telling him how inspired they are yeah. for themselves and for their kids. That then seeped into his subconscious mind and realized that there was more to this thing than just his own dreams because he was already achieving all his own dreams. But now his dreams grew because he started to understand through the feedback that there was a greater purpose to this, that right. he can make a bigger difference in the world. Right. Um, and so I knew once uh, we set the goal to do an Ironman, I knew, I suspected that he would have a global impact because I remember all of the, 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 the stories of people who did something that everybody thought was impossible. Right. Uh, eventually they become legendary and they inspire people for generations to come. Yeah. Uh, the stories we looked at, you know, the most that that kind of gave us that vision were like Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile, right. right? Many, many more people have done it since then, but it was mm -hmm. that breakthrough yeah. that caused people to believe, that caused them to take action, uh, that, that created a whole generation and a movement that could happen. Right. Um, you know, it's it's those kinds of stories that inspire you. And so I suspected that if Chris was able to do an Ironman, that would become a story for generations that would yeah. inspire uh, a whole um, community of people, particularly in the disability, intellectual disability community, 
um, and um, and the neurodivergent community. So uh, it's turned out to to kind of the way we thought it would. Mm. Um, but history told us that that probably was going to happen. Uh, the question was whether or not he was capable of achieving wow. something that big. Right. And when he did it, he did it. Now, the, the final thing I want to say is that was impossible, right? Doing an Ironman Florida was impossible. And, and that took everything Chris had right. in his mind and body to achieve that. Uh, that was a demonstration of someone achieving their full potential. Literally, like 98, 99, 99.9% yeah. of your potential. But the greatest lesson we learned from that was that Chris achieving his potential became the new baseline. Right. It wasn't the full potential. It was at the moment, but it was the new baseline. And so uh, what we learned was that potential grows when you use it all. Yep. And so the new baseline became Ironman Florida. Now the new baseline is Ironman Hawaii. Right. Now the new baseline is going to be Ironman Hawaii in 14 hours. Right. Then the next one will be Ironman Hawaii in 12 hours. Yep. And, and, and who knows what else. But the most exciting part of this entire journey that we hope everybody gets from it is that your potential is almost limitless. Yeah. That you only get more when you use what you have. When you push through it. What an incredible uh, piece right there. And, you know, I talk a lot about being a mental performance coach is uh, two things. One, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle it. And Chris is the epitome of that. And number two, you have to have that elite level or growth mindset. And um, that's something that Chris has certainly um, put on on blast the last, uh, you know, eight to 10 years here. And, and it's been a major impact on my life just because I, I had never got, uh, have never done an Ironman in my life. I just did my 71st 70.3 in Arizona three weeks ago. And Chris is one of the main reasons why I jumped into it. I was a former professional basketball player, so I couldn't run more than 90 feet by 50. And um, just watching Chris, your story has inspired me as it has many others. And one of the things that um, has stuck uh, stuck with me is um, the shirt you're wearing in this book, right? So I want to talk to you, Chris, about uh, the book. And of course, you, Nick, as well as uh, how did we come up with getting 1% better every single day? And what did that mean to you, Chris, when you were standing on Red Ants? When you were struggling at mile, you know, uh, I think it was around 100 or 80 uh, on the bike, all, all those things, and you were under the gun with time. Uh, I don't want to throw too many multiple questions, Chris, but talk to me about 1% right now. What does that mean to you? So, uh, so basically, like my dad said, 1% um, better is a concept that, uh, that no one can experience pain. Uh, it's bad night, you know, uh, make it fun tonight. One of the three words to that is, one, you got to make it fun. Yeah. Um, what we do is fun. Uh, so right after this podcast, I'm going to have fun, uh, shake out, uh, workout in this garage. I'm going to do uh, some night raid. Uh, if you I'm going to get a few props in, uh, there, uh, get my legs ready for tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to do the night race stuff that's going to body moving and the upper back and the muscles. Mm -hmm. And that's really bad, get 1% better. 
is second. Uh, you got to see maximize the pain. Yeah, it's really important that uh, it's your for pain. Uh, one of the reasons is that uh, is that when you feel pain, when you feel uh, when you feel the fake pain, fake pain is temporary. Uh, when you feel pain after this workout that I'm back to you, I feel good because once I complete this workout, uh, it tells me that I can text my dad saying, uh, once I complete this workout, then I can have the whole day off on the car ride back home and have dinner with my parents. Mm -hmm. Just know that um, when the next day comes, um, you gotta work. Yeah. Um, so once I work, once I work out, once I'm making fun, so like tomorrow's a fun day because mm -hmm. I'm just doing a fun five minute spin and a five minute run. And it consists of hard working, uh, experience. And then that's like being able to just like, um, be there, be included in some groups. And actually, there's one more, there's one more. So that's awesome. I'm teaching, there's one more. Uh, Chris, can you show your shirt? Can you show your shirt to the cam? So my list, let's see the, there it is. 1%. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so Todd, let me, let me yeah. just kind of summarize. So, so Chris, you know, kind of said a lot, but he said three things yeah. as part of the 1% better system in case people didn't catch it. Yeah. The first was, um, the first was make everything fun. Yeah. The whole 1% better system is about building a mindset an achievement mindset and a habit that becomes part of your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, it's something Chris is going to do the rest of his life. It's not, it wasn't done for one event. It was done to establish a lifestyle. So the first thing is everything, uh, um, make it fun. The second thing he said was no real pain. Right. Fake pain. Real pain, right? Because real pain is what makes you quit. And the third thing he said is just one more, right? If you heard the third thing, it's like just one more. What that means is um, you can always do one more. So when he was uh, on the fire ants, we, you know, and he got up and he was experiencing all that pain, we, you know, it's like the mindset was just one more, Chris, we can keep going. When, he hit mile 80 and, or he crashed his bike. Yep. Come on, buddy, get up. We can do just one more. When he hit the 80 mile marker and he was against the time, just one more. When he hit the 10 miles on the run and he was in, in excruciating pain and didn't want to go, yep. it was just one more. And so Chris has uh, what I would um, label as an achievement mindset where yep. he knows he can always do just one more of anything. Mm -hmm. So no matter where he is in his journey, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end, yeah. he can always do one more. And so right. it's a concept I developed in the business world as a consultant uh, to transform sales organizations and teach people a mindset that they can always get a little bit better. They can always yeah. do one more. Yeah. They can always achieve a little bit more. Because when you establish a mindset that you can always do one more, yeah. then you have an advantage over everybody else because when everybody else is ready to quit, all you have to do is just one more. Right. 
and you get to win. And that's that's kind of the formula for winning. You make it a lifestyle, you make it a habit, you make it permanent. Chris is a walking embodiment embodiment of the 1% better system. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was a great read. I'm glad I got the book and uh, certainly love it, right? 1% better every single day. Um, you know, I talk a lot about mindset. My second pillar is, is culture. Uh, actually, it's my third pillar. Second one's leadership. So when I talk about culture uh, and I think about you guys, Chris, what has your dad, your mom, your sister, Jackie, and obviously now Adrian, what have they meant to you? And, and there's extended people, Dan, Amanda, and the rest of the team. But yeah. what does it mean to have so many great people supporting you and in your corner? So a lot of people really do support me. Uh, the really uh, first one, so like, I'm going to get other family members after this first one. The first one is Adrian. Uh, she really, uh, she really, uh, motivates me to be, uh, a better person than yeah. I was two days prior. Uh, and she has been, you know, always there. Uh, she always calls me and texts me and every, every time she, uh, Every time she gets frustrated or someone picks on her or uh, just know that uh, if something goes down at her score, then she is the first one that, uh, that I reach out. And then every time when, uh, when, uh, so when, so whenever, uh, like if she's facing challenges or like she has to read this uh thing at school if for example like if someone does bad and uh and we have this uh, fight going on then I just we I just go to my bedroom close the door mm -hmm. and I go to my bed and start thinking, huh, what the hell's going on here? And then, and then when I call Adrian uh, from school, from my home, and I'm like, come on, Adrian, come on. You close your phone, come on, pick up. And then when I find out that she's not answering her phone, then I just immediately press the red button and I directly call mom. <laughs> and, um, You're going to get somebody. I call her mom directly and then her mom answers and then because, look, if anything goes down at the score, then she must have reached to the parent. Uh, then Chris, I, Chris, Chris, back on topic, buddy. And then said, oh, bring him back. Something's yeah. going on at your daughter's score. So, I Chris, to, like, act up. right. So, talk to me about your relationship with your parents and your sister. How did how does that support help you, especially going through hard times when you're on the course in the Ironman? You know, the first person that 
really depends on me is uh the person on here is mm -hmm. uh your man. Um, uh, you know, this knows us right that uh that he's just a dad, but he's mostly not a coach himself. But as a dad though, he's trying to protect his son from mm -hmm. to Adrian. And I'm trying to like put my foot down and say, Dad, no, this is my decision. Yeah, we are the biggest man. If you want me to move out and then for my day, so be it. Love you, buddy. You got yeah. to Adrian. Captain, um, That's all you're going to get. Captain, I'm a dicey sister. Uh, you know, my dad, he makes mistakes. Uh, she makes mistakes. And I could uh, regret it that day. Uh, also, uh, for my mom, though, she, uh, she has her way of, like, um, over bear, protective mama bear who, yeah. um, who really stood up and she became the advocate. And she wanted me to have a better proper education. Uh, she knew that if my dad was enough crazy to be the nightmare, um, <laughs> she could, uh, she could put her foot down. But instead, I just took that damn crown and then, and then just like crossed that damn face down and a damn eye man. All right, buddy. Next so, 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 Chris, let me, before we get to the hot seat, we're winding down on a podcast. I appreciate your time, but I want to just specifically ask you since we've already had her on, what has Amanda Kenny meant to you? You know, she's a crazy guy. You know, um, She's easy to come up kids with. Um, you know, every workout is yeah. uh, um, crazy. She but, asked me She asked me to ask you, what is your next PR race going to be? Tokyo. Tokyo. I love it. I love it. Are you ready for the hot seat questions? Yeah. The first one's going to come from Amanda. And she says, what do you like better, Chipotle or Waffle House? Chipotle. She said that will get you riled up. So, okay. Should I say Chipotle because Waffle House sucks? <laughs> and when I say Waffle House sucks, I say even suck food. <laughs> Let me ask you, what is your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie would be about me, Angel Kitchen. Oh, a new movie, not even out yet. I love it. Oh, either come out, trust me. Okay. How about your favorite app on your cell phone right now? What do you use the most? Um, Asian. Which app, buddy? Which is your app on your phone? Oh, uh, English. What is that? That's that's his English lap, uh, app that he learns. He learns awesome. how to speak. Okay. What's your favorite food? If you had to eat one food, what would you pick? Chipotle. Well, back to Chipotle. How about this one? What is your favorite song when you're working out, when you're training? What do you love to listen to that gets you really hyped up? Megan Stallion. 
What is that one? Making stallion. I got I don't know that one. Is it making stallion? Is that what it's called, Nick? Yeah. What's the name of the song, buddy? Stallion. I don't know what that one is. Nick, you're up. We'll look it up. Okay. Here's here's the the, the last question. Um, I need you. One of my favorite things that you do, you did it at the SBs, you do it all the time. I would like for you to end this podcast by doing the famous, if you could stand up, the famous Chris Nickich dance. Let's see what you got. Let me see that dance you did on the SBs. Come on. Okay. Uh, Come on. I love it. Uh, you standing next to Tim Tebow. Let me see it. Yeah. Come on, let me yeah. see that dance. <laughs> All right. So this is an awesome time together. Uh, Nick, I just, if you don't mind, I love some parting words. I I, I asked my listeners and, and uh, I just want to know if you could leave my listeners with something today that you feel um, that would inspire them, whether it's based on Chris, your family, uh, what would you say to them? So I, I would say that uh, Chris has taught uh, all of us a lesson, which is we thought uh, Chris had a learning disability. <laughs> So he would be limited in, in, in what he could do in life. Uh, what I learned over the last few years was that uh, I had a teaching disability, meaning uh, I was teaching him the way we were teaching everybody else. Mm. But because he learns differently, he wasn't the beneficiary of that. And so he was stuck uh, in a place where he was achieving very little. When I learned that by teaching him differently, he could succeed in a dramatic way. Mm. I think it opened up the door for all of us to ask the question, is my current situation the result of my inability or is it something else? Maybe I need to look at life a little differently in my own situation differently. Yeah. Maybe I need a different approach to help me achieve my full potential. And that's where the 1% better system that we designed for Chris yeah. really helped him to tap into a different way of learning, a different way of executing, a different way of going after his dreams and goals yeah. and to achieve his full potential. So I would say to your listeners, if they're struggling to achieve what they believe they're capable of, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's the approach that they're using. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage them to at least consider this approach of 1% better. It's slower. It's steady. It's focused. And it takes a little bit longer, but it produces lifelong results. And if Chris can do what he's done in two and a half to three years, goes from couch to Ironman, and then become a global celebrity using a 1% better approach, um, are they open to the possibility that if they try something a little bit different, they might be able to personally achieve those dreams and goals that they always had, and maybe achieve something extraordinary and to give uh, themselves the opportunity to do something they never thought was possible. Yeah. Uh, incredible feedback, incredible advice. I want to thank both you, Nick, and obviously Chris for taking time today with me on this podcast. Chris, you are an absolute inspiration uh, to millions of people. Keep doing what you're doing. Good luck with all the major marathons that are coming up next. And we appreciate your time here guys today. Thank you. Today is up to you. Take inspired action and don't count the days, make the days count.